Welcome to episode number 105, The Gift of Mental Illness. I am your host, Damon Soka. Now, I realize that the title may have caught your attention, and it probably sounds greatly contradictory. Not many people would consider mental illness a gift, and I certainly did not, at least not at first. We often think of gifts bringing joy and happiness, and we tend to think of gifts as something we don't necessarily require work to obtain. Of course, within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that is not entirely a true statement. The Lord has taught that we must work to obtain many gifts, especially gifts of the Spirit, and that as a gift, spiritual gifts are not an all-or-nothing type of gift. They are more often a line-upon-line gift that gradually comes upon us as we work and listen to the Spirit. But mental illness is not a spiritual type of gift. But it is a gift that must be approached in a very different perspective. Gifts from the Lord come in many shapes and sizes. We have already discussed spiritual gifts, at least in the sense of the way they normally come to us. There are, however, other types of rewards or gifts that the Lord is desirous to give us as blessings. But these types of rewards are far much more difficult to obtain than sometimes even the spiritual ones. These gifts also require, at times, a greater understanding of purpose and design. Perceived by the world, many of the gifts we receive from our Father and Savior would not be considered gifts at all, but in many cases, punishments. But with an understanding of the overall purpose and design of mortality, the Lord's definition of gifts can be expanded based on what we understand as to the why of mortality. Now, if I asked a regular church member the purpose of life, although I'm not exactly sure what a regular member would be, for now let's just say an active member who attends regularly and accomplishes the daily tasks such as scripture reading, prayer, and meeting attendance. Now, if I ask that question, the normal answer that comes is to receive a body and to learn. Now, some might add a little more definition to the learn side of the equation and say to learn to become like the Savior. Both are accurate in their own sense, although we will need to dig just a little deeper to gain a greater understanding of our purposes. The Lord uses two definitions to define his own purposes for us, immortality and eternal life. We know that immortality is a pure gift for simply enduring the previous war in heaven and choosing to come to earth and experience mortality. The eternal life part of the Lord's purpose is the gift given for what we can term humbly accepting the necessary commandments and trials through the atonement of Jesus Christ to qualify us for celestial life. Now, if that was everything we knew about the Lord's purposes, we might be able to accept our mental illness as a gift, but it would come with a great deal of unknowns. However, the blessing of the restored gospel is that we do have a reasonable understanding of what our Father and Savior do, have done, and will continue to do. And that leads us to some of those things we will be expected to perform in our own eternal life. As you begin to consider all that the Father and Savior do, that knowledge brings with it a more in-depth understanding as to why this mortal life is often lived at levels of high difficulty. First of all, it is important to have some understanding of what our Father in Heaven does as a God of Heaven and Earth. The first thing that we should note is that he is responsible for the vast spiritual creation from his sons and daughters to the earth we live upon and all the animals, plants, birds, fish, microbes, and so forth. 
The Lord dictated to Abraham and Moses that everything we see and don't see was created first in spirit form. We do not know exactly how he organizes spiritual bodies or how a spiritual identity is created to be independent. What is important about this process, however, is that it is far more than simply organizing spiritual material into unique forms of life. The greater part of that process is the education and training necessary for those spiritual entities to understand their design and purpose and to be trained in obedience to the commands of God. Now, we certainly know that our Mother in Heaven has a significant role in all of the creation process, but we are not told entirely just what she does. But I think that the title of Mother gives us a fairly good idea of the types of things in which she is engaged. I am most certain that she is involved in education, training, and development of all creation in the spirit form, and while we are not aware of how she attends to her children on the earth in mortality, I am most certain she is as concerned as the Father for our progression. My personal opinion is that there is a very good reason why during the creation our Father in Heaven is referred to as Elohim. The word is plural, and I have a feeling it was purposely done so to help us understand that our Father does not work alone. We have some understanding that the pre-mortal life had some similarities to this earth life in that we were taught the gospel, and likely we made covenants as that is how we progress on this earth life. We also know that we were given significant agency, at least at one point in our lives, so that we could make choices regarding our future and how we wanted to live. Now, we see this agency really truly in the punishment of Lucifer and his followers. You can't punish spirits that severely without an equal form of agency to go with it. If you consider some of the scriptures regarding this premortal time frame, which are few, we do know that we were prepared for mortality through lessons taught by our celestial parents. We also know that we, we as well as our parents, could see the end from the beginning, meaning that we had a very good idea of what awaited us in mortality, even to the point of specific trials that we would need to overcome. And it does appear that our education was very thorough and complete and individual, as leaving out any important training or information would likely have caused us to fail in our missions in mortality. Now, it would not be possible for us to be trained accordingly if our celestial parents had not passed through the trials and tests of mortality. They simply would not be able to see the end from the beginning and to be able to help us through mortality effectively. Their knowledge is really truly predicated on experience and having passed through various trials of their own. Thus, like the Savior, they learned by the things that they suffered in mortality and in their own pre-mortality. Now, there is one important aspect to all of this, and it's going to stretch the doctrine of the church through a small rational inference. Now, we know that this world is to become celestial, and that we're all going to live upon this world with Adam at its head. That portion of the doctrine is reasonably well-defined within the church. This next part is my rational inference. If we will live in a community of saints after this life, immortal saints, then I have to assume that our Father in Heaven does the same. A well-rounded, experience-laden community of immortal saints who have lived through mortality and become exalted would have within their body of experience all of the knowledge necessary to train and teach a whole new generation of spirit beings, meaning that our collective knowledge and experience in mortality 
would provide a complete mortal experience and allow us to train and sufficiently educate the spirits that we would bring forth and prepare for a mortal state. Now, I don't believe that I personally could have had, could have, or could have sufficient mortal experiences in such a short time frame as to be able to fully educate and train my spirit children in all of the experiences of mortality. I simply don't have the time to experience everything. But I do believe that a community of immortal glorified saints could. And so it is important that we each bear the load or a portion of the load of experience in various ways. Now, having understood that, we can talk about mental illness, perhaps from a more celestial perspective. The worlds that we will bring forth and the independent spirits that will inhabit them will need to be educated and prepared for mortality and exaltation. Our mortal experiences with depression, anxiety, bipolar, and all of the various forms of those illnesses will need to be part of that education process. There is no manner or way in which someone who has not experienced mental illness could train a spiritual entity to experience and overcome the difficulties associated with mental illness. Our experiences are critical to that teaching. We also have a very specific training in emotions, feelings, the chemistry of the body, and so much more to offer to those who will experience it in the future. We will become a part of the body of saints or the body of Christ, who with their combined experience will teach and train a whole new generation. One part of what we will contribute to this combined group of saints will be our difficulties with mental illness. I personally don't understand why mental illness even has to exist, other than it does appear to be an important part of mortality in that it provides for a unique perspective and understanding through experience of the value and importance of feelings and emotions and how they interact with the mortal brain and our own spirit. Now, I suspect that we will understand even more about our illness as we pass through to the other side of the veil and come to more fully understand the role of mortality plays in the exalting process. What can be said, though, from a celestial perspective, is that our illness is truly a gift, and it is incredibly important to us and the body of saints collectively. We will become a part of the whole that will provide eternal life to newly formed, independent spiritual life. If that gift and blessing were the only reason for our illness— I think it would be more than sufficient, but it is not. There are a variety of gifts that come with such deeply troubling experiences in our lives. Mental illness brings forth in us, if we approach it correctly, compassion, empathy, and understanding that is rare among the mortals of the earth. We can truly feel after another person and intertwine our hearts with theirs, helping them to rise from the, let's call them, cancerous desires of a mortal fallen world. We can become saviors on Mount Zion, doing our part to help the suffering overcome their weakness and trials. We can truly know how to succor the weak and the downtrodden. That is a unique and special gift given to those who pass through difficult circumstances appropriately. Beyond compassion, it is interesting to note that much of the writings, music, art, and beauty of mortality come out of great emotional experiences. Individuals who have experienced deeply emotional states of the mind and body, both from a positive perspective and a negative one, have produced truly much of the world's beauty. Now, I'm not saying that everything beautiful and creative must pass through mental illness. 
as there are certainly other types of positive emotional states that do not require a long-term mental illness. And they produce inspiring and beautiful work. However, much of that work has been produced by individuals who have passed through at least in some form temporary or long-term mental illness. It seems that we need deeply moving experiences to bring forth much of the creativity, inspiration, and beauty of the world. And it really truly helps to, to drive inspiration in all its forms. Mental illness also tends to cause us to think deeply about life and the purpose of life. The confusion and unexplained emotional states can cause us to question many things about this life. True, we don't always do this in positive ways, but what can be said is that a beach vacation rarely has brought us to our knees to ask why. When we are troubled and beaten down, we tend to look to our Father and Savior for relief. As we obtain relief in whatever fashion it comes, we tend to increase in faith as to the purposes and designs of mortality, and we develop a far more intimate relationship with our Savior and Father in Heaven. Mental illness does not always increase faith in individuals, but given the right circumstances, and perhaps the right person, it can create unshakable faith. That is truly a gift beyond compare. Now, I also realize that for many individuals who do not have God in their lives, mental illness is not likely to bring faith or even compassion, depending upon the experience. Without understanding the purposes of life, truly mental illness can be and feel like a punishment. I would say in the midst of an episode where it is difficult to feel the Spirit of the Lord and even feel spiritual impressions, that mental illness can feel punishing, even when we have a good understanding of the purpose of life. I don't ever remember a time when, one, when in one of my deep episodes I've said to myself, boy, this is a good education and experience for me. And then I somehow felt better about my depression or anxiety. We're not likely to feel experience and purpose amid our troubles and trials. And when we are within the grasp of depression or anxiety-laden feelings, but that does not inhibit our learning process. When we cannot see or feel our experiences as educational, they are still valuable to us as we progress towards exaltation. Have you ever wondered why members of the church seem to pass through far more trials and difficulty than those outside of the church? It appears from the outside as contrary that the Lord's people would have to pass through far more trouble and difficulty than those who do not choose him. After all, Shouldn't we be blessed for our obedience? And we are, but not always in the way we think that we should be. But if you consider the purposes and what we've discussed, generally, it makes perfect sense that we, are, we who are working towards exaltation pass through the more difficult experiences of mortality as an education for the future and as a blessing for exaltation. And the purpose of eternal life, for us, they are necessary education for a time when we will need to teach others about mortal experiences and provide the necessary training that they might become exalted. If you are not pursuing exaltation, there is no significant reason for the Lord to place you into a training program. When we accepted baptism, and then later covenants of the temple, we accepted this training program of the Lord and all that comes with it. That's what we have for today, but may the Lord bless you to see this value in your sufferings. Hopefully, this shortened podcast today has given you some greater hope and understanding regarding your illness.
Now on to something important for the podcast. I really appreciate those who are listening. I do have some idea who you are as I get a report of where the podcast is downloaded, at least in the sense of the city. There are so many of you who listen throughout the United States and the world, and I hope that you obtain some benefit from these podcasts. I simply ask that you pass it along to others and to your social media feeds as you feel comfortable doing so. In addition to this podcast, I will begin in the next few weeks offering the same identical podcast in Spanish to those to be able to reach those who don't speak native English. Perhaps in the future, this will expand to further languages. That's yet to be determined. I will post the Spanish podcast in the same locations as I have been posting this podcast. And if you have some friends or associates who speak Spanish natively and would like to listen, I would ask that you pass this along to them. Finally, in the past... I have opened this podcast up to anyone who would like to share their experiences of mental illness, good or bad. I would again extend that to this audience or those who you might know. If you feel as though you have something to share, then I would love to hear from you. Even if you decide that broadcasting it in your own name doesn't work for you, we can certainly keep you anonymous. If you feel so inclined, you can contact me at D-T-S-O-C-H-A at gmail.com or dtsoka at gmail.com. Until next week, do, the, do your part so that the Lord can do his.